0: Today on the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode number 32, how do you get boys to read? How do you make it fun to read? We answer those questions next to my guest, Hilary Tubin, the author of the book, Boys in Books, next in the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time, hey, welcome. This is a podcast for any parent or adult who wants to be more involved in their children's life or in their own life. Because we don't have always the answers, but we always seek out the answers. There'll be topics like sugar addiction, digital parenting, clear on the clutter, talk about divorce, something that is quite common nowadays, and many more topics that help us to be a more involved person in this world. This will be a weekly podcast for us to have a conversation. What I mean is, I want to talk to you. Look up right in the right-hand corner, if you're looking at your computer, the speed pipe. Send a message. Whether it be comments, single comments in the show notes, or leave a comment in the Facebook page. I really want to talk to you. I want to have a conversation. I'm not an expert, but I'm on a journey just like you. I don't have all the answers, but I want to explore them with you. And trying to find out what, what really matters. How to be more involved. How to learn new things that help us get involved in the world. There's no more sitting on the sidelines kind of weird I just said that but there's no more sitting on the sideline but it's true because if we sit on the sideline you become stale you become bored and that's what bad things happen so let's get involved <laughs> next up my interview with Hillary Tubin. Hillary is the author of the book boys and books Hilary was a teacher for 22 years and now she's a literary consultant she's her mission is to help get boys to read through gamifying it or show them the benefits of reading if you have a young son or a young child who's having trouble reading, be sure to listen to this interview. It may give you some inside ideas to help your children become better readers. So let's jump right into the interview with Hillary Tubin next. Today on the podcast, my guest, Hillary Tubin, former teacher. Uh, she's a literary literary consultant, author of the book "Boys in Books," which was an Amazon bestseller. Hillary, welcome, welcome to the podcast, Hillary.
1: People. And everywhere I went, if I ordered a coffee and they knew that I was an American, I would sit down with my cup of coffee and 15 people would come over and just want to chat. (laughs) And I ended up meeting the most amazing human being, so much so that I almost stayed.
0: Oh, that would have been cool. (laughs) That would
1: have been cool. (laughs) Then I wouldn't have met my husband and that part would have been sad, but
0: (laughs) I would have been in Australia. Well it's all oh, they have a really cool accent too.
1: Yes, they do. And, and
0: really, really neat accent. And um and they it'll be fun, it'll be a very fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it would been. Well, I I guess you're on but I know where you're on to talk about reading and boys and reading. And um what is your experience and what about boys and reading? And why is it it is a topic that you're like, like you talk about so much?
1: So I became a teacher because I did not do well in school at all. I was the girl who was in more trouble than the boys because I had so much energy and I was all over the place and I was unorganized and I did not fit the mold of school. But the one thing that saved me was the fact that I was a reader. And the only reason why I even got into college was because of the reading that I did outside of my house. And so I was going to actually go to school to be a lawyer so I could go and fight schools so that way kids like myself who didn't fit the mold would be able to, um, I guess, have better experiences in school. And someone said, well, maybe you should be a teacher. And I thought, okay, that sounds fantastic. And really, my biggest issue with school was during math. So this whole girl and math thing and math anxiety and girls can do math and empowering girls was really what was important. Well, I became a teacher, and I realized that with girls, if I said to them, no, you can do math, here's how, they said, okay, and then they did it. And so the girls were doing fine with math, but what I couldn't get a handle on was boys and reading. And the reason why was because reading was so ingrained in who I was, I couldn't understand what they didn't like about it it made no sense to me how they got visceral. Like when I couldn't do math or the girls couldn't do math, you could tell we felt bad about it. Like we didn't lose our minds about it. But if you talk to boys about reading, they were getting so upset. And this really, this really like bothered me because I knew that reading was so important and what it was going to do. So I went ahead and I had to figure out, I spent... From my first year of teaching till my 22nd year of teaching, I worked with boys, I talked to boys, I worked with parents. I took so much schooling to (laughs) study how do you motivate someone who doesn't want to read to read? And how do I as a female that does not have the same interests as an eight-year-old boy, a nine-year-old boy, a 10-year-old boy at all, (laughs) how do I learn how to appreciate Who they are and what they want to read and not privilege what I want to read. So when I realized that boys really did want to read, deep down, like they wanted to read. And when you opened up the door for them, they they walked through. But they only walk through if you opened up their door the way that they wanted the door to be open. So that's what you had to figure out. Like, how do you do that? And so then once I figured it out, I realized that I needed their parents' help because I needed the reading habit to take place at home. I couldn't do that in school. And so then I had to train the parents. And then all of a sudden I realized that, wait, boys can read. It just doesn't look like what we're doing right now in school. Mm -hmm. And so then when you look at their test scores compared to girls and you see how they're underachieving, they're underperforming and there's always a gap. And so I worked to close that gap. I was like, I can do this. I can figure this out. I can get my I can get boys to close the gap and I did. And then I just decided that the way things are with the world today and the way society's changing and that we're this global economy and we're a very literate economy now oh my gosh we have to get boys reading so me just working in my classroom isolated in one place that's not going to help as many boys as I think I (laughs) I can help so that's what I've just that's what I'm doing and that's why I wrote the book and I took everything that I did and I am putting it down into words and sharing it with others.
0: Well it's it's interesting you know obviously. Um I remember when I was you know that age we weren't very interested in books. I mean um when you had to go to the library cuz they t- teach you taste to the library you know, like you look for the book that had the um you know space space adventure and you could pick A B or C and go in that direction Cause, <laughs> you know it was the easiest one to read because I can go from the back front of the book to the back of the book and I'm like teacher I finished the book. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> cuz it was because you are very typical and I had to tap into that. So if you were one of my students and I saw that that was you, I had to figure out how to make reading a competition, how to help you take what your reward was, like what you were seeing as something that was, and how can I make it that I keep stretching you. So you'd read longer books instead of the shorter books. And I have to work with you to get you to, to transform
0: that. Well, it's interesting if they made all Batman stories, I think i would be all set back then. (laughs)
1: Oh, yes. Absolutely. If your teachers and your parents let you read them.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So that's 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 pretty much what my focus has been is opening up parents to the world of. It's okay to have your kid read Captain Underpants and my whole in my second book that I'm working on called Cool Boys Read. My whole thing, it's like I can get boys to go from Captain Underpants to Shakespeare. So it's not the Captain Underpants per se. It's what happens with boys is that people tell them they can't read it. And so then they just get into, it gets into a power struggle about it. But if you let them read it and then you just keep pushing them along and you just keep seeing, well, what is it about Captain Underpants or Diary of a Wimpy Kid or Batman? What is it that they like? And then you just start, I call them reading lap, you start to move them to like more complex books and they don't even realize it.
0: Well, they think sometimes is maybe it will be like peer pressure from the other students. Then they, and they they don't want you to, you know, you, like they see you reading Shakespeare and they're like, um, the kids get ridiculed or picked on.
1: Right. So what I did because I worked with middle school was I got Kindles. So nobody knew <laughs> what, what you were reading. So I was able to get a grant to get Kindles for my students. So that way they had their books inside. So everybody's, Kindle look the same. Mm-hmm. So I found that for boys, Kindles, e-readers, anything where no one really knows what they're reading is very helpful. Plus, they're not heavy. And they, boys don't like to carry books that are heavy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can remember, the, I remember back in the office, you could um, going home with like the seven books in your backpack. It's like, if they push you one way, you're going to fall over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and then wonder why they had bad backs after. Um, I don't know. <laughs> one one thing I was interested in. The ten building block. What, what was that about? I was interested in that.
1: So, after I, one of the ways that I figured out how to help boys was talking to their coaches, and they were inviting me to sports games. And so I was watching the boys play, and I realized that they did an amazing job out there. And I talked to their coaches and the coaches started to tell me the things that they did to get those boys to perform on the field. So then I started to think, okay, now how do I bring that to reading? So what I did was I spent a lot of time interviewing parents of boys who were already readers before they entered my classroom. And I wanted to know, what did you do? What did it look like? And did all of the Boys who read, did all their parents do the same things, just like really good coaches? You know, they all have certain things and ways to motivate, you know, boys to perform. What, how are they doing it? And it turns out that these parents of boys who did read all just intuitively did these same, these same things. And so I took those things and I thought, all right, can I learn how to do them? Are they teachable? Are they learnable? Can I come up with a way that I can turn it around, think like a coach, think like these parents of boys who can read, and can I now become that person for the boys in front of me? And I could. Then I was like, all right, can I teach other people? Can I teach their parents to to think this way at home? And I could. And so that's what the 10 building blocks are. Those are the 10 key things. That I learned from the coaches and from the parents of the boys who already read. That then, when I tried it on, I was like, oh my gosh, if I believe that boys will read, which is building block one, amazing. (laughs) Everything changed from that point on because when you think about it, when boys don't read, the first thing people say is, boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what they do. Boys don't like to read. But if you think about it, and the first thing you do is believe that boys will read, now, you cut all of that off, and now you're willing to do building block two, which is invest. I, I, now, you I invest have, reading.
0: I have an interesting question. We were just talking about that, and I don't know if you can answer this. Um, reading kids when they're younger, does that help kids when they get older, especially boys, and when they develop? If you keep reading to them, they'll they'll just show their interest and keep reading more. Is that something that would work? Or
1: Yes. So, here's here's what happens. And this is where there's a big gap in the way we talk about reading. So parents, if when, they're, when kids are infants, they read to them. They, they work with them. They, they do all of these great literacy things. And then all of a sudden, boys go to school. And then everything changes. And so when I was working with my third grade boys, some of the reasons why reading pained them was because their mom stopped reading aloud to them. Oh wow. And I was like, you need to start reading to your son every <laughs> night. I need you to do that. And lo and behold, when that same behavior that they did when they when the son was 4 and 5, and now he's 8 and 9 and the mom's like, I did this because I thought hands off, you know, you're in school now, you're a big boy reader. Um, you don't need me, but it turns out that that was where he got his pleasure from reading. And then when his mom just stopped reading, and this was multiple boys. Over my 22 years, that was one of the big things where it can work. And the boys that did keep reading, their parents kept reading aloud to them. Up until I had boys whose dads, they were reading, you know, big, you know, token together. They were reading different books together. But that started when they were really, really young. And that was a difference, you know. If a child was never read to or if a boy's parents decided to stop when they went to school,
0: it made mean, a big difference. But I mean? It also probably helps with their vocabulary, too.
1: Vocabulary is the number one thing that I push in my books that why reading for pleasure, not school reading. I break down reading into four types. Um, there's foundational reading where you learn comprehension and decoding and your strategies. There's your standardized reading. And there's mandatory reading where someone else is telling you what to read. You gain a little bit of vocabulary that way. Where the research shows you gain the most vocabularies when you read for 30 minutes every day what you enjoy. That's how you build your vocabulary, which is why I got panicked. Because the only reason why I got into college was because of all the reading I did outside of school my math score was so low on my SATs. And the only reason why I could get into school was because my verbal was so high. And that didn't come from school. That came from my reading at home. Just, I had a vocabulary from books. (laughs) And when I was seeing that boys weren't reading, I was like, I can't teach you that much vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) That's, and that's part of the problem. And that's why boys also have trouble writing because if you don't read a lot and you don't have the vocabulary, you don't have the structures and the frameworks, then writing becomes a challenge too.
0: You can see, you can see that a lot too, especially sometimes when the kids don't have that um, opportunity to read and stuff and their parents and the vocabulary, you can see that down the road in, in adult life too. Um, I mean, I wasn't a big reader too. Like I started doing blog and podcasting and stuff like that. And now I notice I read more and my vocabulary has expanded and like, and like words that I'm like, I, I talk to you every day and all of a sudden I'm like, that's how you spell that word. I would. I'd say it every day. I'm like, I'm like, that's it. That's that's what it is.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And that is those epiphanies. That's what you want to have happen to boys earlier. And a lot of um, what's been interesting about my book is the reaction of boys versus the reaction of. Sometimes teachers, the boys themselves are like, "Really, you? I can read. I might like to read." And that's why I'm calling my second book "Cool Boys Read" because some of the coolest boys became readers in my class, and they became teachers. Like, oh, yes, <laughs> they're now teachers and writing me saying, "Thank you so much." I'm now a fourth grade teacher.
0: (laughs) That must have been a really um, nice view. And that's been really heartwarming.
1: Very. And, and a couple, I'm going to be an English teacher now, you know? And so those weren't things that they had in their minds because these were boys who played sports. These were boys who were cool. And they came to me, not reading, reading, wasn't cool. Reading was a girl thing. Reading wasn't what they did. And all of a sudden, when they noticed those changes that you noticed, and they were like, whoa, wait, this is exercise for my brain. Oh, something is growing and moving. Oh, my brain is. Oh, it works. <laughs> Look at that. And then they would do more of it. And it actually took them to a place they didn't think was gonna, they were going to go to.
0: It's it's also thing you know, I like about what you were talking about, a little bit about you and is the gamifying things gamifying the reading. How, I mean, how does that work? I mean, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. I mean, we're gamifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what I what I did with boys is again it's it's tapping into their their competitive nature, but they're kind of compete they're competing against themselves and they're trying to grow as a reader and they set goals for themselves. And it's broken down into game plans. So there's a playbook. And so you're teaching them how to how how, how to run plays mm-hmm. with reading versus just sitting there. Because a lot of my boys, what they would tell me is, well, reading, you don't do anything. You're just sitting there. And I'm like, yeah, it looks that way. But you know how when you're out on a field and you're running around, that's what your brain's doing. And so... I had to show them how active reading is and how much of a game it is. And that there's like this ladder in your head that you're running up and down. And your goal is it takes you about 90 days to be able to get from the bottom of the ladder, which are the lower order thinking skills that you use when you read to the top part of the ladder. And it takes about 90 days and you have to read every day for 30 minutes to be able to finally reach the top. So When you turn it into something that's action oriented, that it's a game, I have it set up where there's the playbook, there's the game plans, um, their parent is the coach, (laughs) making it where it's not your mom, it's not your dad, it's not your teacher, putting them in a position where like their parent is there to give them the tools and then send them off to be on the field. But their field is happens to be their comfortable reading spot with a book.
0: (laughs) It's, it, do you ever have kids that just all of a sudden, just, all of a sudden, just spark just clicked, clicked like oh. that?
1: Well, my favorite would be when reading, like I've kids with boys, especially, would start to come to school early to tell me what they read that night. Like, they're just like, oh my gosh, I couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And I used to have it where in the mornings I'd have office hours where if people wanted to come and they wanted to read with with their friends or do little book clubs, um, again, I tried to separate it out. Like, here's what I'm teaching, and here's pleasure reading. I didn't want pleasure reading to be something that depended on me. It wasn't something that they got a grade. It was, this is a lifelong habit. It's a habit. My responsibility isn't to teach you how to brush your teeth. That's at home. You have to do that every day. That's how reading is. But what's fun about reading is to have space where you and your friends can get together and start and talk about books. So we'd have these morning conversations and it, it would always start in the beginning of the year. It was mostly girls that showed up. And then at the end of the year, it was everybody and the boys were there too. So yeah, there, there would be a lot of epiphanies, especially when you, you gave them a community of other boy readers. So I did a lot with mentoring.
0: Oh that's then also it's gonna safe place to uh, read. I just want to a little bit about your book, um you want to talk about your book, the boys and books and um where they can um, where they can find that. What we'll about the book and stuff like that?
1: So boys and books it's easy to find. You can get it on Amazon and it's Kindle version or paperback and you can get it on Barnes and Noble also.
0: anything you want like, to um, offer like stuff with the ninety days and anything like that in your yeah, I know you're a liter- Literacy Consultant. I didn't know anything on you offer from your website.
1: Yes, yeah, so one of my biggest um, pieces is this idea that when you're thinking in terms of football, what a boy needs is the coach. But it turns out that most people, teachers, parents, librarians, a lot of people when they invite boys to read or they try to initiate the reading habit. They don't do it as a coach. They do it as the other supporting roles at a football game. So people, a lot of people, um, moms, especially, um, are cheerleaders. There's the mascot. There's the referee. I was, I was a referee commentator (laughs) (laughs) prior to becoming the coach. So you have your referee, you have your commentator and you have your spectator. So on my website, I have a quiz for people to realize that you can download for free, how am I approaching my son and asking him to read? And then I have tips and I have blog articles on how can you start to initiate like a coach.
0: And, um, where's the website again?
1: Hilary Tubin, Tubin T U B as in boy, I N as in Nancy.com. com.
0: I guess wrapping up, final thoughts and um, where they can connect with you. Oh, obviously, we just told me dot but final thoughts.
1: <laughs> so connect with me on my website. There's a contact page, and if you write me a note, I will get right back to you. I also have a Facebook page called Boy Responsive Literacy Consulting, and I am on there, and I put articles, and people can write to me. On there too, if they have any questions.
0: Uh, well, thank you, Hillary. I really appreciate being on the podcast today, and I really, it was a lot of fun talking about the subject, and it was really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's all I have for that. So I want to say thank you to Hillary Tubin from HillaryTubin.com. You can find more about Hillary Tubin and her su- services in the show notes at No Sitting on the slash thirty two. Also, if, if you feel free to, if you want to get in touch with me with questions, any comments. Feel free to leave comments in the in the show notes, or send an email. You can find all my social media and email information at no sitting on the com slash contact. Also, one something I want to mention before on the way out the door is about the Patreon page. It's something I'm starting, and I want to check that out. Go to notesittingonthesideline dot com slash Patreon. Any dollar helps. Dollar per episode. Dollar a month. Five dollars a month. Five per episode. All contributions really help towards the podcast. The one thing I take away from this episode and, and, and how important readings is, 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 it really is. I can give one little story about reading to my son and he's now four. And I guess reading five books seemed like a lot to read to him, but I just noticed how. His his um, vocabulary improved. How quickly he improved and talked more than his peers. So reading is important. I mean, reading is fundamental. It helps develop your vocabulary, your writing skills. I think I'm going to start keep reading to my son and encourage him to be a good reader. Well, again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Until next time, read a book to your son or daughter. Tell them how much you love them time is short. Enjoy every moment. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media.